2: of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman. It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. (laughs) The screen gives us more space on land, sea, and in the air, to challenge the most bataclysmic collection of super criminals ever. Their minimum objective must be the entire world. And here are the dastardly villains, the Catwoman. You're going to see the perfect crime when I get Batman in my claws. The Joker. Have you heard this one? It'll kill you, Batman. <laughs> the Penguin. There are two eggs this wily bird is going to scramble Batman and Robin. <laughs> the Riddler. Question. Who's going to make the feathers fly and knock Batman and Robin out of the sky? See the new weapons in the Bat Arsenal combat the forces of evil. The Batcopter, the exploding man-eating shark. Holy sardine! The relentless Megaton Magnet, the unholy Quartet secret submarine. Fire one! Fire one! Batboat Boat for an action. The deadly disintegrator. The attack on the Bat Cave. Holy hallucination! You'll blast through the skies on these mad, manned missiles. And you'll be with me, Robin, at the Bat Scanner, eavesdropping on Batman's romance. And you'll shudder at the death dealing Polaris missiles. Brace yourself, Robin. This could be the end. And that's just a sample of the exciting exploits ahead in our first feature motion picture. Holy memoranda, folks. Make a note not to miss it. Good thinking, Robin.
0: All right, welcome to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, episode 13, Batman of the Movie, 1966. I'm your host, Jimbo, and as always, my cheeky co-host, the pink I mean Terrence. <laughs> uh, boy, am I excited about this one. Um, Terrence, you're about to see how, when I was a kid, what we had as superhero movies uh, and holy podcast, Jimbo, this is great. I, I, told, I told you, you just got done watching it. So uh, it's shaky. yes, it's a, maybe even a little corny, but man. Oh, it's very corny. It's very corny, but you loved it, <laughs> admit it, you loved it. Because it's the right kind of corny. <laughs> You're like, right.
1: like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. That's, uh, that's what's important.
0: This was actually a request um, from a list uh, that... Uh, Dwayne Conley sent me, uh, the guy that sent me the list by decade. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. So
0: I pulled that as a listener request from there. So, Dwayne, this one's for you, buddy. So, Terrence, let me go ahead. I haven't even planned a question, but I'm going to go ahead and throw one out there. (laughs) Which um, gadget in the Batman the movie would you most likely use? Because I know you just watched it. Oh man, well, that's the thing. It's like, like they're the- all
1: super situational. Like
0: in this very small situation. <laughs> the anti shark repellent ramen, or right next to the anti manta ray repellent.
1: Or like the, uh, the dust separator. <laughs> right. Oh man. No, there's so many cheeky gadgets. Um,. I like I like the radio frequency jammer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just <laughs> Where like it's, blowing up into the subs There's like... so
1: many different things be like, oh it can create the hyper frequency and like all this other stuff. It's jamming subs, it's right. It's blocking um, all kinds of stuff. They're and
0: I will throw this out there. Which which um bat vehicle did you like the most in this movie? The classic Batmobile. Batmobile? Yeah, I've always liked that classic. That bat Batmobile. cycle was pretty cool. Like, the Batboat was oh,
1: pretty cool. I will too. say what surprised me was the um when the bat cycle like split off in the into two, two? and <laughs> he's driving like a little go kart. <laughs> <look at> like, <laughs> I was laughing. This movie
0: so is hard. So, if you have not seen this movie, what are you waiting for? Uh, <laughs> all right, Terrence. Um,
1: I didn't write right. anything else down. Let's just go ahead and jump into gotcha. it. Gotcha. All right, Batman the movie, release date July 30th, 1966. Budget $1. 1.5 million. Uh, I didn't do conversions this time, but uh, yeah, box office 1.7 million. Directed by Leslie H. Uh, Martinson writing credits uh, Lorenzo simple jr Bob Kane based on the characters created by uh, William Dozier yeah Dozier based on the series created by uncredited and Lorenzo uh, simple jr television series uncredited Uh, technical aspects run time one hour and 45 minutes or 105 105 minutes uh, sound mix mono Westrex recording system color movie uh, aspect ratio 1.85 by 1 laboratory deluxe uh, that's actually the first time we've heard that laboratory it mm-hmm. must have not uh, been around long or maybe it's a smaller laboratory where they process uh, the film uh, negative format 35 millimeter uh, cinematographic process is spherical the printed film format is 35 millimeter. Um, rewards only one reward uh, Award. And, Award, yeah. not a reward. Award. <laughs> Award. But that it is a, such a classic one. <laughs> yeah. Um, winner, the Golden Griffin, <laughs> Leslie H. Martinson. That's it. That's, that's all the awards. The, there was not even any ever, nominees. Yeah. No nominees. didn't appear in multiple. Just the one the in, Golden 19, Griffin. in 1972. <laughs> and that wasn't even like right away. That was... That was a couple years later. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, synopsis. The evil villains of the Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman all form an alliance to take down the United Nations by vaporizing them to dust. It is up to the Caped Crusader, Batman, and his faithful sidekick, Robin, to stop them. Can the dynamic duo outwit four of the most heinous criminals of all time and save the United Nations? Tune in to this podcast same
0: podcast time,
1: same podcast day.
0: <laughs> See what, what you don't realize is at the end of the TV show, they would always be like, same bat time, same bat <laughs> station or whatever. You know, what I mean, yeah. so I tried to be a little cheeky there. Um, and for those of you that don't know, some of the movies that we do, they're so so hard to find information on. Um, so like Terrence, like Terrence, he's done with his his. It was one page. Usually, yeah. he has like. 12. Uh, yeah, you have a handful, a couple. This right. is just the I mean, the, the entire podcast is only like 17 pages long, but <laughs> I did my best trying to find stuff, so here we go. The cast, uh, Adam West, Batman, and Bruce Wayne. You would never know that Adam with West bat cow on, would you? <laughs> uh, Burt Ward played Robin, and also Dick Grayson. Spoiler alert if you didn't know who <laughs> Batman's true identity was. Robbins yep. and Batman. Uh, Lee Merriweather played the Catwoman and Miss Kitka. <laughs> <laughs> Cesar Romero, oh, fantastic, played the Joker. Burgess Meredith played the Penguin. Yep. Cue the. <laughs> Frank Gorshin, who I think played the best Riddler of all time. Uh, Alan Napier played Alfred. Neil Hamilton, Commissioner Gordon. Stafford Rep, Chief O'Hara, <laughs> and Madge Blake, Aunt Harriet Cooper. For the biographer of this one, I went with Frank Gorshin because I know Cesar Romero and I know um, Burgess Meredith are going to be in some other movies we cover yeah. because they're just so fantastic of actors. So I went with Frank Gorshin, and he was probably the best Riddler. Uh, he was born on April 5th, 1933 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, USA. He died May 17, 2005, in Burbank, California, USA, of lung cancer, emphysema, and pneumonia. Oof. Nicknames, Mr. Mr. Versatile and Frankie. Hey, Frankie. (laughs) At 19, he was drafted into the Army where he was stationed in Germany. Interesting. Frank quickly landed a role in The Proud and the Profane in 1956, and other roles in television dramas followed. In 1957, while visiting his folks in Pittsburgh, his agent phoned him to rush back to Hollywood for an audition for Run Silent, Run Deep in 1958. For some odd reason, instead of catching a plane, Frank decided to drive his car to Los Angeles from Pittsburgh. Ha! Huh. Driving 39 consecutive hours, he fell asleep at the wheel, crashed, suffered a fractured skull, and woke up in the hospital four days later. To add insult to injury... A Los Angeles newspaper reported he was killed, and the plum movie role of Officer Ruby went to Don Rickles. So not only did he die, or, you know, fake death reported, then he also lost the role. His maniac portrayal of the Riddler on the television series Batman in 1966 was directly responsible for turning the character in the comics from a minor villain into one of Batman's most major reoccurring enemies.
1: And you got to love when that happens. And this happens a lot, especially within just the Batman-verse in general. I mean, you have the Riddler, who became a bigger character because of this. And then you have Harley Quinn, who started off as a cartoon character, didn't even exist in the comics. And then she was so popular within the cartoon, they put her in the comics Right. so on and so forth. It's, It's really cool.
0: This was very interesting. He was one of Ed Sullivan's guests on the famous February 9, 1964 show that featured the American debut of The Beatles. Wow, okay. I did that's that's an iconic <laughs> show, right? He died just 4 days before the first appearance of the Riddler voiced by Robert England on the animated series uh, The Batman in 2004. His signature challenge line on the television series Batman, "Riddle me this, Batman." ...became a catchphrase at that time. Hmm. I mean, you can still hear that today. Yeah. Two days before 17-year-old Frank Gorshin's first stage appearance, his 15-year-old brother was killed in a car accident. Hmm. And now here's some of his quotes. I do not do hundreds of impressions... Because he was an impressionist. I do not do hundreds of impressions. My entire repertoire of impressions numbers less than 50. I never set out to do an impression of a person. However, when something a star does suddenly sparks my imagination... I find myself doing an impression of him, first for my amusement, later for my repertoire. (laughs) I'm playing the Riddler in Batman 1966. When I was first approached to play the Riddler, I thought it was a joke. Then I discovered the show had a good script and agreed to do the role. Now I am in love with the character. I developed the Riddler's fiendish fiendish laugh at Hollywood parties. I listened to myself laugh and discovered that the funniest jokes brought out the high-pitched giggle I use on the show. With further study, I came to realize that it wasn't so much how I laughed as what I laughed at that created this sense of menace. Hmm. On working with Linda Carter on Wonder Woman in 1975, I met Linda years before she did Wonder Woman in Chicago. I forget the name of the club. At that time, she was working as a singer. She was a good-looking lady and sang well, and I never saw her after that until I did that Wonder Woman episode. She remembered me. I played the toy maker. But I can't remember anything else of any significance that <laughs> happened during that shooting. That's funny. You know, uh, it's amazing that some of the actors they don't even remember. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, I mean, it's kind of like my high school years. I remember some stuff stick out, but yeah, uh, the rest of it's like a blur. Are you my my childhood? Yeah, it's just, it's just my, my my elementary years. There's yeah. some stuff that but a lot of times it's just a blur. You know, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. You know,
1: and I mean, you, you got to imagine like. Uh, You watch a movie, it could be iconic for you, but for them, it's just another, it's their job on the set, and that's all they're doing, especially if they're, uh, you know, highly billed actors, then they're just always on set doing some kind of movie, and it's just like, okay, done with this one, on to the next job. And so, yeah, it's very interesting.
0: All right, like I said, there wasn't a lot of information, so now we're going to jump into the unknown facts and trivia. Unknown facts and trivia. Cesar Romero, who played the Joker. Refused to shave his mustache during filming, so they covered it with makeup instead. If you've ever seen it, you could tell he has a mustache. Yeah. He loved his mustache. This movie was scheduled to premiere in Austin, Texas on August 1st, 1966. The premiere was postponed, however, because earlier the same day, a disturbed University of Texas student and former Marine named Charles Whitman Went to the observation deck of the school's clock tower and opened mm. fire on the campus, killing 16 people and wounding 32 others before being shot to death by the police himself. I watched a documentary on this guy. Same, yeah. Man, that it's... was that was a terrible day, and I did not know that was the same day. You know, what I mean that. Yeah. I was like, wow. But that that documentary was
1: In, amazing. Yeah, it was intense. So
0: yeah, so I'm at least they postponed the premiere, which. Oh yeah, I, I mean that's that was...
1: typically what happens when you know something like that or you know uh.
0: but i don't think if any other city it would have been in i think they still would have went for it you know what i mean like yeah even though that happened in texas if it was going to premiere in new york or los angeles it probably yeah. would have still premiered but there was a special reason they agreed to do it in texas i think i covered it in my notes adam west agreed to do the film partly with a stipulation to have more screen time as bruce wayne
1: i did like his bruce wayne
0: he's good for bruce wayne batman <laughs> <laughs> filming of the movie began before lee merriweather was cast for the movie as a result catwoman does not appear with the other villains in the first scene aboard the penguin submarine
1: hmm yeah i mean yeah
0: the bat boat was built especially for the film by the glastron boat company in exchange for their cooperation the producers agreed to hold the film's world premiere in austin texas glastron's headquarters so there ah. you go yep at around the 15-minute mark, the Penguin's line, We shall hang together, or most assuredly, we shall all hang separately, was a humorous phrase spoken by Benjamin Franklin when he was in danger of being accused of high treason by his fellow delegates. Hmm. A follow-up film was at one point considered. The film would have been released between seasons 2 and seasons 3 and of the TV show and would have been used to introduce Barbara Gordon, who played Batgirl, and make use of a Batplane. Due to waning interest in the series during season two, which resulted in budget cuts, plans for a second film were scratched. That makes sense. But I would have loved to see that. <laughs> Can we go back? The Pinkwood submarine interiors are the sea view seats or sets from *Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea* in 1964, redressed. <laughs> so there, there, there you go. Again, you have use of props refurbished. Reden- yeah. In the final fight scene. A stuntman playing one of the villain instruments dove into the water and hit his head on a metal stud at the bottom of the pond. Ooh. He was knocked unconscious and had to be rushed to the hospital. Ouch. Yeah. Julie Newmar, the Catwoman in the TV series, does not appear in this film because she did not know about it and had to sign to do another project. By the time she was informed, she could not get out of the other commitments in time to do this movie. Huh. You would think you would tell your actress. Yeah, Right. Uh, at around the 59-minute mark, the Penguin's line, every one of them has a mother, <laughs> which we were listening <laughs> was, to last yeah. night, s- <laughs> said as he and Catwoman swept up and collected the dehydrated pirates, was ad-libbed by Burgess Meredith, which is a hilarious yep. line. <laughs> Originally planned as the pilot film for the Batman 1966 TV series, this movie was instead produced between the show's first and second seasons. The producers took advantage of the larger budget to have a number of new bat gadgets constructed, such as the Batboat.
1: Boat.
0: <laughs> At around 1 hour and 40 minutes, at the end of the film, one of the United uh, World delegates is seen banging his shoe on the table while yelling, This is a parody of Nikita Khrushchev's famous behavior during a debate in the United Nations General Assembly on October twelfth,
1: 1960.
0: (laughs) Frank Gorshin's last appearance as the Rither for well over a year. Gorshin set out of the TV series during the entire show's second season, but returned to the role in the third season. Now, this is a little
1: off-topic. On-topic, but off-topic. Um... You ever watched uh, uh,
0: Gotham? The Penguin in that is fantastic. I oh, only yeah. watched the first couple of episodes.
1: They 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 have a really good origin story for Riddler.
0: The, yeah, he was part of the police force. Wasn't yeah, he was. the Crime scene. Yeah, of, yeah, and uh, the Joker, and that's pretty fantastic too. I wish they, I wish they would have extended that because I think they did. Um, I am not canceled. I'm not up to. Or oh, not cancel, I heard they finished it. It's done. Uh, oh, is it done now?
1: Yeah. Oh, i have to check it out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do know as far as like the Riddler goes, um, they did a pretty good job with his
0: backstory. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. There. Since this isn't very long, I'm going to throw this out there. I think that Batman has the greatest villains of all time. You think his Rogue's Gallery is the best? Who? The only no, one? The, the, yeah, the villains? The Rogue's Gallery. Yeah. Um, the villains, I think. I think when it comes down to it, uh, the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, uh, Bane, Harley Quinn, you know, you go on yeah. Two-Face. You go on and on and on. I think it's the greatest. They're
1: pretty darn iconic. But well, within the uh,
0: the DC, no period, spe- period, period. <laughs> I mean, you ask anybody who's the top three villains of all time. Ninety, I would say ninety nine point five percent will say the Joker. Hmm. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. No, I would agree that like a lot of people would right. say the Joker. Yeah. Um, and then- I had
0: one boss at work say Lex Luthor. I was like. Lex Luthor, no, he was just a rich man. That was crazy. There's different Yeah, ones. well,
1: he was more of a uh, uh, an opportunist with the uh, with the a skewed mindset. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like he, like Lex Luthor, wasn't always. Um, I mean, of course, he is a villain, but he wasn't. He wasn't always depending on the situation. Right. Um, I
0: mean, probably a close second. I mean, I love Magneto, but and his his mutants, but probably the Sinister Six. I think would be yeah. Doctor Doom. I love Doctor Doom. Oh,
1: he's one of my absolute I think he's just on, looked cool.
0: Well, I wish side. I wish if I, anybody in the Hollywood is listening, <laughs> can we please get a fantastic four movie with a good Doctor Doom. Just with just good. Oh uh, yeah, of course. I mean I was entertained with the <laughs> the, the, the ones, but that last one, boy, uh, it was rough to it watch. It was really rough. But anyway, off that rabbit because we could sit here <laughs> and talk about it. we could have a show whole show about that. Um where are we at? Oh, Scene shot in the Arch Criminals Headquarters Lair were filmed in a Dutch angle. Do you know what that means? Not off the top. I, that's, like, where the, that's where the camera was turned sideways. Oh, yep. okay, yeah. Uh, this was intentional It was meant to show that the four villains, Catwoman, Penguin, Joker, and Riddler, were crooked. <laughs> <laughs> Adam West was initially reluctant about making the movie. He decided to do it when told by producers that, without his involvement in the film, the part of Batman and Bruce Wayne would be recast. Huh, so they kind of twisted his arm, I guess. Yeah. The original trailer includes specifically shot footage of the four supervillains outlining their place with the time of me. And as you heard at the beginning of this, the trailer it is one of the best trailers I've ever heard in my life because <laughs> Batman and Robin are addressing you, the audience. It's a yeah. of the, the villains, how they're going to get away with it. It's yep. hilarious. <laughs> uh, still frames from these sequences are visible when Batman and Commissioner Gordon watched a closed-circuit TV update on villains at large. The trailer also includes specially shot footage of Batman and Robin addressing the audience about their first motion picture. I will say... Uh, um
1: when they did that scene. It's interesting how they had quips for everyone except Catwoman. And right. they're like, and Catwoman and then they moved on. <laughs> right. and I was like, no quip um, for Catwoman.
0: You know it's, it's something else that that just bothers me? Hmm. How come Batman's enemies are always escaping? Can we oh, like beef yes. the security up,
1: please? <laughs> just beef it up. Always escaping from even in the more serious. They're always Batman escaping comics, from they are still
0: I mean, I understand Occam Asylum's an insane asylum and they're you know, maybe less security. I don't know how to. explain No, I mean, like if you
1: if you look at, uh, and they portray it pretty well, in, you know, both uh, uh, comics and especially in the games, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, to be specific, of like how deep the security is. Do you remember for this when that, the beginning
0: of that that video game where you just kept going down and down yeah, and down? Yeah. Like down.
1: it's not. Uh, you see all this. It's not an easy place to escape, yet.
0: But in the, keep. But in the comics, I think Bane, when he shot the rocket launcher in Nightfall, he shot the rocket launcher and just they all escaped, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, Bruce Wayne drives a Chrysler Imperial Convertible, while the Batmobile is a 1955 Lincoln Futura prototype car customized by George Barris Incorporated. And actually, do you know who Jerry the King Lawler is? No. The wrestler. The oh, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, yeah, yeah.
0: He actually owns... The original Batmobile. I was just about to mention, I'm like, I wonder who owns that. He one. owns one oh, okay. of them. Okay, that's awesome. That is so cool. And uh, he lives in Memphis, so you might even see him cruising around sometime. The promotional poster features Batman evolved in a different costume from the TV series, with a black mask, cape, gloves, boot, and outwear, briefs, but red tights instead of gray. Hmm. This is not an error, but a tribute to the original costume designed by Bob Kane to create Batman. Later, it was revised by cartoonist Bill Finger, who changed the color of the tights from red to gray, giving him his definitive appearance for the first issue in Detective Comics dated in May 1939. Lee Merriweather, Catwoman, was yep. Miss America in 1955. Interesting. I which, is, say- which is the year that... Marty McFly went back <laughs> See, all of our shows are somehow Connected. intertwined.
1: Um, I will say of the villains, she was my least favorite. And then like what I didn't understand is like uh everybody had like a gimmick and a weapon, and then she's like, I have a house cat, I'm gonna throw it at you. Yeah.
0: And I'm, like that was it. And I'm like, wait, what really? Okay. <laughs> this was the first movie project of Burt Ward. Hmm. So Robin's first movie gig. Burgess Meredith's line, Run Silent, Run Deep, is a reference to Run Silent, Run Deep, a movie in 1958 in which Frank Gorshin might have played a role had he been able to make it to the screen test. (laughs) The voice of President Lyndon Johnson was performed by Van Williams, uncredited, who would soon uh, after star in the Green Hornet 1966 TV series, which Hmm. was also produced by members of the Batman creative team. The opening criminal lair, Ye old Ben Bao Tavern, is an allusion to name of the tavern in which the Robert Louis Stevens novel Treasure Island begins. Admiral Ben Bowen, Commodore Schmidt Lab, is abducted by the fiendish foursome. The next novel by R.L. Stevenson is kidnapped. Hmm. This is the only live-action Batman film which was not distributed by Warner Brothers. Huh. Yeah, it was uh, Fox. Right. The movie was originally intended to be an introduction to the TV series. When the series wound up being produced and aired months ahead of schedule, the movie was made to cash in on the show's popularity. The film was not theatrically released in Spain until 1979, 13 years after its premiere. Wow. Huh. The supporting character of Aunt Harriet, Madge Blake, does not have a single line in the picture. At 105 minutes long, this is the shortest live-action Batman film, as well as the only live-action Batman film to run under two hours.
1: That is very true. Yeah, all the Batman films are long.
0: At around 10 minutes, Lee Meriwether makes her first appearance in Catwoman's identity of Kitiana, Irenia, Tatiana... Uh, Titania Karinska Alasov the <laughs> Moscow Bugle reporter referred to by her initials as Miss Kitka produced by 20th Century Fox which owned the rights to Batman before DC was purchased by Warner Brothers ironically Fox will later release films based on Marvel comics such as X-Men Deadpool Daredevil and the Fantastic Four Both, uh, before both they and Marvel were purchased by Disney this makes this film possibly the only DC adaptation now owned by Disney hmm Dick Grayson appears outside of his Robin persona only twice and very briefly in this film. First, at the very beginning, and later when Bruce returns to Wayne Manor after being abducted. Dick's yep. only spoken lines are in the latter scene.
1: Yeah, he you don't you don't really see you see Bruce Wayne a, a, a decent chunk, but you really don't see Dick Grayson. Right.
0: This was Alan Napier who played um, Alfred's final film before his death on August eighth, nineteen eighty-eight, at the age of eighty-five. Hmm.
1: I will say, uh, and this is another sort of like more of a comic side tangent, but I, 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 not only the evolution of Batman in general, which you can see, you know, from this movie and then watching later movies, how it uh, progressively got like, you know, darker and everything. And he became sort of the contrast of Superman. Um, but Alfred also. Alfred, especially in the first Detective Comics, Alfred was comedic humor. He was like, you know, this fat butler type, and then uh, he became more sophisticated, and then he ended up as like, you know, this uh, gentlemanly butler, and then um, now, Alfred is slowly becoming like, an action hero, like, awesome dude. (laughs) Uh,
0: This was the first film, uh, the first the film was first shown on American television on July 4th,
1: 1971.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Here we go. At around 1 hour 30 minutes, the Penguins line, we have not yet begun to fight, is a reference to John Paul Jones' famous response during the early phase of the Battle of Flamborough Head on September 23rd, 1779, to an inquiry by his opponent, Captain Richard Pearson, of the Royal Navy ship HMS Serapis, as to whether he was surrendering his ship, the USS Bonham Richard.
1: Yep. Here's another little fun fact. Um, and this is like super tiny But when um, uh, Who gives a call so, Someone's giving a call to um, uh, One of the admirals uh, And he's whistling as he's picking up the phone Because he was playing like some kind of game With uh, uh, the with secretary um, He's whistling anchors away Which is a, a navy song <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adam West of Burt Ward Did not actually fly the, the Batcopter As neither were licensed helicopter pilots Amazingly <laughs> not The helicopter <laughs> was flown by costume pilots during his date with Miss Kit Bruce quotes the first stanza of Edgar Allan Poe's poem, To One in Paradise. The car in which Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne are taking their afternoon motor ride is a 1966 Chrysler Imperial Crown Convertible. The Penguin, says the Catwoman, you cowardly kitten, you want to live forever? This is <laughs> highly similar to the line, Who Wants to Live Forever, spoken by Prince Walton in Flash Gordon in nineteen eighty. Both films were written by Lorenzo Simple Jr. The Flash Gordon, nineteen eighty line later appeared, uh, ins- or later inspired, the title of the Queen song "Who Wants to Live Forever," which was featured on the soundtrack of Highlander in nineteen
1: eighty six. Huh. You know, that's that's we got to do that movie. <laughs> the yeah, song
0: down the road. <laughs> the song played by the Salvation Army band as Batman tries to dispose of the bomb <laughs> is "Bringing in the Sheaves," a popular Protestant hymn. Various versions of the song can be heard in several other films and TV episodes. This movie. Was released on VHS, while the series it was based on was not
2: hmm.
0: until recently. It is now yeah. on DVD. The 1964 Bell 47G-3B-1 helicopter, the N3079G, used as the back has been restored almost to its appearance in the film minus the wings, and makes appearances at air shows and other events. It was also used in other productions, including *The Green Hornet*, *Eat, Drink and Be*, Mar- *Eat, Drink and Be Dead* in 1966, and *Mission Impossible: Trek* in 1967. Hmm. The script included an unfilmed scene in which the flight of the villains on the jetpack umbrellas was picked up on radar by the Air Force, who sent out a squadron to intercept Sterling Hollowell, was actually cast as a commanding Air Force officer before it was decided not to film the scene. I love the jetpack the umbrellas. (laughs) I didn't expect it. I know. I
1: didn't expect it at all. The jetpack umbrellas
0: were intended to be smaller in design and worn like backpacks, but this was changed likely due to budgetary and practical issues. Um. a sequel idea was thrown around during the second and third season. No script or working title was made, but the idea was to introduce Barbara Gordon as girl, Harvey Dent as Two-Face, Poison Ivy, and an array of new gadgets and vehicles. However, Fox was not interested and not on board, partly due to racial concerns that Eartha Kitt was chosen to portray Catwoman, and it was unknown if Frank Gorsham would be on board to play. The toddler. It's because I want him to play the toddler, so the rhythm. Oh, okay. With too many returning characters portrayed by new characters, and gamble on a new female co-lead, Fox passed on the idea. Instead, only a short pilot was created to introduce Batgirl. So there you go. Where, uh, you know, still some of that race issue tensions was there yeah. a the kid. Yeah, yeah. It's t- tragedy. Uh, when Batman and Robin rehydrated the Security Council members, each one of them is an entirely different language. The United States Councilor speaks Japanese, the United Kingdom Russian, Japan and France English, Germany, Israeli uh, Israeli Hebrew, USSR, German, Spain, Nigerian, Nigeria, Spanish, Israel, French. <laughs> there was
1: um, – I didn't rewind to catch it, but when they first are all – when they first introduced the, uh, all of them and uh, they're all arguing or whatnot um, and they're all you know saying something in their own language – um, the Japanese dude was off like I don't I don't remember what he said but I remember the way it was pronounced it was just like wait what it's like someone who doesn't speak Japanese tried, tried to, to speak Japanese like and did me a when really I was terrible <laughs> job and I was like what but I, I didn't have time to rewind because I was really trying to finish the movie so then we can I can do the podcast
0: when Riddler let's see, yeah, when Riddler, the penguin catwoman dehydrate some of their pyro flunkies, the Riddler can sometimes sometimes be heard laughing even though his mouth isn't moving. <laughs> so at the press conference following Batman's fight with the shark, Batman replies to a reporter's question about the yacht by saying nonsense. How can a yacht simply disappear? Discussing the yacht in the next scene at the Batcave, he says to Robin, As you yourself stated, a yacht simply can't disappear. Batman credits Robin with saying something at the conference that he actually said.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, there's a lot of little goofs in this. Oh, yeah. When the Riddler is hitting all the switches on the, to launch the missiles from the submarine, he misses one. When Robin contacts <laughs> the Department of Defense, he says uh, into the phone, please give me the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. The Pentagon is located in Arlington, country, uh, Arlington County, Virginia, across the Potomatic, uh, Potomac River from Washington, D.C.
1: That's funny. Uh, another funny um, uh, bit is just... The fact that he just gives these off the wall riddles and they automatically know the answer to it, and they're also off the wall. <laughs> they're like, they're
0: like, they're all like this, like this. You know, and they're like, I, like, well, I got it.
1: it. It was like the one that was like something. What's what's heavy in, in a tree? He's like, obviously a bird with a machine gun. I was like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> when Robin is handing Batman the shark repellent, the distance between the two of them changes between shots. Uh, in the opening credits, there is a flip shot of Robin where the R on his costume is backwards. <laughs> At the end of this movie, when Batman and Robin rehydrate the UN Council members, the test tubes and stands on their seats disappear. The dehydrated members of the Security Council were of different sizes of sand when they were dehydrated. However, when Batman and Robin rehydrate them, all of the sand is of equal volume and it changes back to unequal when they are in their chairs at the UN building.
2: Hmm.
0: When Batman and Robin arrive at the docks, there is a sign that says Moby Dick. When they get back in the Batmobile, the sign is gone. During the fight on the submarine, each henchman and the Joker is knocked into the water, only to reappear a little later dry, and then get knocked overboard again. Yep. After the climatic fight, Batman reaches for the tubes containing the molecules of the world's leaders. Then the camera flips to a wider angle, and Batman reaches again. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch that. When the Joker first dehydrates a guinea pig, water appears in his backpack, and the next shot, it's empty again. While traveling with the penguin in the Batmobile, the background road is wide with highway stripes and not along the coastline. But exterior shots show the car on a narrow, no-striped road along the coastline. Hmm.
1: There's actually a couple full paws with the uh, dehydration gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a point where, when he's shooting all the members, um, it shows a shot of the, the machine filling up. And it's like halfway full. And then it goes to a a wider shot, and it's, like, almost empty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't get that dehydrator thing right. (laughs) When Batman and Robin drive the Batmobile onto the dock to reach the Batboat, they leave their car facing out to sea. When they return to the vehicle after the buoy attack, the Batmobile is facing back towards land.
1: Has a mind of its own.
0: While Batman is wrestling the shark on the Bat Ladder, he reattaches his Bat radio to his utility belt. As he is kicking the shark, the radio falls off, presumably, into the ocean. But Uh we see it used in many shots later. Well, I'm sure he has more than one. Oh, yeah. He's Batman. (laughs) Uh, While traveling with the penguin in the Batmobile, the close-up shot shows that the penguin is clearly seated behind Robin. On the long shot, when the car stalls, the penguin is sitting in between Batman and Robin, and there is no back seat in the Batmobile. When Bruce Wayne and Miss Kitka are kidnapped from her borrowed penthouse apartment, she is wearing a pink lounging gown. Later at the hideout, when Bruce is allowed to see her, presumably a prisoner like himself without access to clothing changes, she is wearing a white one. Hmm. The great
1: detective couldn't figure that out?
0: (laughs) How can he not tell it's her, Catwoman? Yeah. Uh, While escaping from the criminal's lair, Bruce dives into the ocean and begins to swim away. Upon subsequently returning to Wayne Manor, he and his clothes are completely dry and show no signs of having been wet. I noticed that. (laughs) When the Riddler launches a Polaris missile at the Batboat a Batman looks at the missiles through the pair of binoculars, the words Polaris on the side of the missile is backwards because it's a flip shot. Hmm. The Bat Ladder is seen coiled up under the Bat Copter and route to the yacht in the opening. However, when the copter takes off from the airport, nothing is seen under the Bat Copter. When Batman and Robin are on the Bat Boat, far, uh, far Shot reveals both are wearing headsets, but the close-ups, there are none. That makes sense. During the submarine deck fight scenes, the color of the ocean changes between blue and green, depending on the camera angle. I did notice that, too. The color of the sky varies from natural blue to a very deep blue as well.
1: You can also tell it's a screen.
0: Yeah. Well, Batman forces the submarine to surface right before the bat fight, the sub is naturally but However, when the bat boat pulls alongside it, moments later, everything is dry as a bone. <laughs> as the bat copter approaches the yacht, Robin takes a device to get a bearing on the vessel in the interior copter scenes, but in the exterior shots during the same sequence, Robin is obviously not holding the device. During close-up shots of Batman and Robin in the bat boat, the red beacon behind them is not operating. The long shots show the beacon operating normally. Just after the penguin submarine fires the third torpedo at Batman and Robin on the buoy, buoy we hear it explode. Then the surfaces to view the destruction. However, in the next shot only the periscope is visible above water. Yeah. When sliding down the bat pole at the bat dock, Robin's utility belt disappears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the bat copter flies over the roof when the girls in bikinis waving, the shadow is from a Bell Ranger helicopter of the camera aircraft rather than the Bell 47G that the bat copter is made from. When the Bat Copter is on the ground, there are two struts leading from the body to the helicopter to the middle of each of the wings. When in flight, there is an additional cable from the body of the helicopter to the wingtips. As the Batmobile approaches the parking spot at the wharf, there is a car parked on either side, but when the shot switches to close-up, both cars are gone.
1: Hmm.
0: When Batman and Robin take off in the Batboat for the first time, the spinning rotators f- uh, from the camera copter become visible and stay there for a while until the helicopter catches up, with them and the camera pans back down. When we first see the Batcopter being pulled from the hangar, the whole camera crew and their equipment is reflected in the glass of the copter. <laughs> when Batman is running with the bomb, right after he meets the two nuns for the first time, camera crew are clearly reflected in the window. And, and I think huh. that's probably the best line in the movie. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.
1: <laughs> running with that thing forever.
0: <laughs> I was like, how long Longest is this Longest
1: fuse week? ever.
0: Uh, wrinkles on the sky backdrop are visible when Robin and Batman arrive at the buoy. Early in the film, Batman establishes that the U.S. Navy sold a surplus pre-atomic submarine to the Penguin. Later, we see the submarine firing a Polaris missile. Pre-atomic, diesel submarines were not equipped to fire Polaris missiles. Hmm. When Batman has the shark on his leg for as long as he does, there should be holes (laughs) torn in his tights. There aren't none. That thing was on there for a while. It's like, suit. it should have oh, been yeah, his leg off. It's like a whole,
1: like, five minutes of just <laughs> him punching the shark. But to
0: this credit, it wasn't, you know, what was it? They tied a bomb to it, or was uh, it... Uh, 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 the penguin
1: had trained the shark and then tied a bomb to it. And then so after after he sprays it with the uh, the anti-shark spray, the shark repellent... <laughs> The shark falls into the water and it explodes.
0: And I was Boy, like, "Repeat it, repeat like that." I,
1: had, I actually, because you know, that's in the very beginning of the movie. I had to rewind and be like, "Did that just happen?" And then, <laughs> well, my thing
0: is, why did if Pikmin was smart enough, he would have blew it up while it was on his leg.
1: You know, what's never explained is when a random henchman explodes during uh, the f- first fight that they have uh, uh, with, with uh, all the villains and stuff. Uh, they're in the warehouse. Well, I think that, and, and, and I think that's kids. where he,
0: I think that's where he hits that. Uh, they're in the upstairs of the bar. And he hits that trampoline or whatever, and he goes flying out. Yeah, I mean, he goes he flying just through just the window, the water. and he hits the water, and he explodes. I don't know. It's an explosion. Well, I and, thought uh, it was just a, a falling with style like, of dying. Just
1: like the shark, it, he <laughs> exploded. And I was like, wait, what? And it was never explained.
0: <laughs> Guys, you got to enjoy this movie for what it is, okay? <laughs> when Batman and Robin are climbing up the wall, you can see strings used to hold their capes up. As the scene is clearly a rotated shot of the duo walking horizontally. Although this has been widely regarded as a mistake, the special edition DVD commentary with Adam West and Burt Ward explained that it was done purposely to have some fun for the adult audience. Batman and Robin solve a pair of the Riddler's riddles that indicate that Catwoman is part of the conspiracy, and the Cape Crusaders, the Commissioner, and Chief O'Hara seem shocked. Yet earlier in the movie, they had already discussed the possibility that four super criminals, including Catwoman, had joined forces. (laughs) When Batman and Robin are trapped on the buoy with a strong magnetic pinning their utility belts to the buoy after their torpedo explodes after hitting the dolphin boy there's a lot of animal cruelty in this movie Yeah. we next see Batman and Robin back in their bat boat escaping but how did they free themselves there is no indication that the magnet had shut down the buoy was never hit nor did we see the penguin turn it off or Batman using some bat device to shut it off
1: but you can probably assume the latter
0: <laughs> I, I mean if they got anti-shark repellent I'm sure he has an anti-magnet but, but he would have used that before then though from the dialogue, it is obvious they, that Batman and Robin have met and captured each of the villains before. Specifically, they have met captured an unmasked Catwoman before. Yet, neither of them recognize her as Miss Kitka, mm. despite her not using anything vaguely resembling a disguise. <laughs> right. When Catwoman threatens to have Kitka killed, she says something along the lines of, Don't come at us, or your sweet Miss Kitka dies. She says that to Batman. From the Catwoman perspective, Batman has never met Kitka. Bruce Wayne did. Uh, so she basically gave herself away. Yeah, right you remember? I also like in this movie when uh, they're in the horse and carry the horse carriage ride or whatever, and you see the bat signal go up in the air. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> uh, How clever! <laughs> Robin and Alfred didn't notice the criminals flying overhead on their way in, uh, but they do notice them on the way out, even though there weren't any noise or visible. But then before, you know. what they- <laughs> While Batman and Robin are flying the helicopter, they fly over women in the bikini atop of a skyscraper. They start jumping up and down, and one of the women in bikini has her breast exposed. It is censored. That's funny. As Batman and Robin are running across the street, a passenger in a Corvette convertible can be clearly seen looking, smiling, and waving directly at the camera crew. <laughs> hey, boss. Yeah, I mean. Look at me. I'm on film. Right. Uh... During the batcopter fight, Batman instructs Robin to drop the bat ladder, which is dead automatically by pressing a button. After Robin hits the button, he states Bat Ladder away. When the camera cuts the exterior shot of the Batcopter, we can see Batman unhooking the ladder by hand and then dropping it. <laughs> when Batman uses the steam powered bat pull lift, you can see the cable which pulls the lift upward. Obviously stunt doubles for penguin, Joker, and Riddler when Bruce Wayne is attacked and Kitka's apartment actually, obviously double for Riddler during any of the fight scenes. <laughs> During the final fight scene on the deck of the uh, sub, wrinkles are visible on the sky backdrop. Yep. During the attack on the submarine, the camera tilts to simulate the rocking of the submarine, but the criminals roll the wrong way apparently against gravity. (laughs) When the Penguin gasses the security guard with his umbrella, the guards fall towards each other and stop. The guard on the left's right arm defies gravity to stay at his side rather than, if he were truly gassed, hang loosely, as does the guards on the right. When Penguin returns back past the two guards, both of their arms, are hanging loosely. When view, I, will,
1: I will say I, I did like the, the little special effect when he throws his umbrella oh, yeah. and he goes down the hallway. Oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, that was really cool.
0: <laughs> That's why the pig is pretty cool. When viewing the super criminals currently at large, the pictures shown are still shots taken from the Batman movie trailer. This is especially noticeable for Catwoman, whose picture is taken from the living room of Wayne Manor. Hmm. When Robin climbs down to Batman to help him fight off the shark, the rope which moves... It, which moves it, is visible.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> I mean,
0: when Catwoman is putting a dehydrated henchman from the dustpan to the bottle, and the penguin says, Careful, you can see blue powder spill over and not go into the bottle. I noticed that. <laughs> During the Batman and Robin boat scene where they are attempting to find fingerprints, Robin claims that they're only ones uh, the only ones on the ocean. However, moments before it, if you look in the background, some sort of vessel moves by. As Batman is being lowered into the ocean, a shark attacks his leg. When Robin is in the back hopper, pulls Batman up and the shark out of the water, the shark has gallons of water pouring out of the back of it where it must have been a large hole. (laughs) (laughs) When Robin turns on the rehydrating machine, the water in it is blue. However, the water running through the piping into the test tubes is clear, and none of the water is emptying into any of the test tubes.
1: Yeah, it just makes the sound of water (laughs) going through a pipe,
0: yeah. Obviously, stunt doubles for Batman and Robin on the Bat Cycle. During the fight scene on the submarine, a large wrench is used first by one of the henchmen, then by Batman. It is obviously made of rubber or plastic as it bends as it swishes through the air. Also, when it lands on the deck of the submarine, it is slightly curled. If it were metal, it would not have flexed in this manner.
1: That and the cutlass that he uses later. (laughs) The random cutlass that he gets out of nowhere. (laughs) Uh,
0: During the fight scene on the sub, a linear tear appears appears in the back of Batman's costume. uh, Look very closely when his cape flaps away, exposing his back. During the fight on top of the submarine, at one point, Batman swirls his arm to punch someone, but there is no one at all in front of him. <laughs> when Catwoman throws her cat a, hecate, a hecate, hecate, hecate? hecate at her bickering colleagues, the cat lands on the table snarling with its back arched and daring its, or darting its head. And the next cat, as the three men cower before the cat, is clearly sitting and relaxed. Obviously, stunt doubles in the Batcopter draft the man remarks about the filling knowing that they're up there doing their jobs. When <laughs> the, man, <laughs> oh, yeah, the dynamic doer on the buoy, Batman uses his screwdriver to release the panel. He actually tightens because he rotates clockwise the screw securing the panel instead That's of... That's super uh, funny.
1: And also, you know what? Uh, another thing I noticed during the fight, there were... Um, you know your classic when you're coordinating a corny fight of like... You, there's an obvious gap between the fist... And like whoever oh, yeah. they're pretending to punch.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, Terence, give me your thoughts on since this is your very first showing that you just it finished. is yeah.
1: So, uh, I would say uh, I, I, I like this film for a variety of different reasons. So, I like because it gives you an idea of where like comics started in this this cheeky, corny space. And then evolved into, like, you know, what it is now. And I think that's super cool to see that contrasting difference. Uh, especially, you know, looking at this Batman movie and then compare it to, like, The Dark Knight, you know? <laughs> it's like it, 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 Batman and Joker have this completely different dynamic.
0: Well, and that's, that's been in every movie they've been in. You know, you start with this one, then you got the Batman with Jack Nicholson. Absolutely. And, and, Mikey, he, and then you go to the played Chris Bane and he's like... Yeah. Christian Bale, Christian
1: Bale, and uh, Heath Ledger, and
0: right. um, it's nice to see how they both change too. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, by the way, my favorite Joker of all time will always be Mark Hamill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I. It's
1: if you are a fan of uh, Batman, Batman, you have to watch it uh, just to see sort of his origin. And not origin, as in like origin story, but just to see uh, what he started off as uh, when it when it came to the silver screen, more or less. Um, and I think it's just super cool and hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's very corny. If you like corny, like cheeky humor, this is also a must see. Uh, absolutely, I, I, I like I like you know just. Cheeky humor like this—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hilarious. And I
0: know you really liked the penguin in this movie, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, no—the
1: penguin, like his all his little quips and uh, his ad libs. His ad libs. Careful, every ad-libs. one of them ah, has right, a right, mother.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were driving. Everybody and, only lives once. So like, he, said, he said, you know, uh, <laughs> careful, each one of them has a mother. You just lost it. You know, <laughs> and did. It was totally ad lib. Each one of them
1: has a mother. Uh, um, yeah, I know it's. Uh, and like it's funny as I was saying earlier I feel like uh, the character in in the Mario series uh, Super Mario Brothers um Waligi, I feel like he's he's modeled after the penguin in this movie cuz he does the same like Wah! <laughs> 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 But yeah no, uh, uh, I know I, it's I think it's a definite must watch in most cases
0: Yeah I used to love it um, because this is shot at the end of season 1 of the TV show The Batman 66 I think it lasted 3 seasons maybe 4 but, uh, man, when you would start to watch that, and every single one of them, they were only a half hour long, but they would cut it. Every time they would cut it where the Batman and Robin are in trouble, like Robin's tied up to a saw board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gigantic saw coming down. <laughs> Will Batman make it in time, or, you know, they've got uh, – oh, sorry, we got a first responder coming by our house. But, but uh, yeah, it's just – Man, when I when I was younger and we would play Batman and Robin or superheroes, you know, if I wasn't Superman, running around with a uh, you know a security blanket wrapped around my neck, you know, <laughs> and I played Batman. We you know, you'd get a rope or whatever and try to you know <laughs> make a, a bat, batarang. Quick, get the back rope. <clears throat> I love this movie. I'm not gonna lie, uh, because it holds a lot a special place to me. You know, what I mean, from yeah, my childhood, I can see that. And when you would you know, and then just to have you like. Ah, oh, what did, are they going to escape you obviously knew they were going to escape yeah. but how they were going to escape and it was always some of the most ridiculous. Oh yeah, the things the, of all the ridiculous
1: factor of this entire movie is super up there. Um, there's a lot of things that caught me off guard and by surprise. And, the flying
0: umbrellas uh, was one. The one. flying
1: umbrellas was definitely one. <laughs> it started with the exploding shark. Uh, it continued with the exploding henchman, <laughs> and then the uh, bomb. The, the, the bomb. The bomb. Oh man, I've always seen the uh, uh, the GIF image of it, right. uh, but now watching the whole sequence. You know,
0: after after <laughs> after watching that again, um, I'm thinking, okay, you blew up a shark, you blew up the dolphin yep. to, from the torpedo, um, you blew up your henchman. When Batman is running with the bomb, you know, he's trying to get rid of it, he looks down and there's a thing of ducks. Why didn't he just toss it? I mean, you've already I killed know, every yeah. other animal in this movie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's definitely you gotta give it a watch at least once. And I know a lot of these people that listen to this our audience has probably already seen it. I know there are sure. some that haven't. Um, maybe especially some of our foreign listeners, our Australian mates. Um, I know some of them have. Um, well, so That's why
1: we always preface our next movie. So, so, then, so uh, you can join along and enjoy exactly, it with us. Exactly,
0: exactly. Um, but yeah, next, next time we record, we will be doing Hush, Hush, We, Charlotte. So make sure you find that. And uh, depending on time next week, um, I think we're going to do Spider-Man okay. as our superhero yeah. with uh, Tobey Maguire. The, the first one. Spider-Man. Right. And I love that movie, too. I think oh, yeah. he did a fantastic job. Honestly, in my personal opinion, anyone who says they didn't is lying. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I think he did a fantastic job. But we'll, we'll dive into that, if yeah. time permitted, next week. Because um, this week has been kind of rough for both of us. Oh, yeah. So, um, with that being said, you can find us on the uh, any podcast. Everything. player. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I can just say that now. Instead <laughs> of we're only on these four or one, you know, you can find us anywhere we are. We do have a Facebook group now. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, you know, just search the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, a uh, group on Facebook. Um, also, uh, did I say if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at thetragedyofcinema at gmail.com? We haven't said that in a while. I just did. <laughs> uh, holy email, Terrence. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, it means a lot to us. We, we have fun doing it. Uh, just the banner back and forth that we do you know oh, yeah. it, it's kind of amazing we've only been doing this about two months and me and terrence you know we hit it off pretty good it's since the first time i met him pretty, pretty much. much and now it's just like a, a fun time to get together and do some crazy stuff and we also really enjoy uh reading all the comments
1: and and emails that you guys right did. So if keep you, those coming you please can,
0: if you haven't uh, given us a review on itunes go ahead and Fill that bad boy out. Drop it. I'll read it on air. If you want to send us an email, I'll read it too. Um, if you listened to our other episodes, you could you could hear some of the ones mm-hmm. I did. Like and it dad. also
1: really helps us out when you put reviews on iTunes in particular, because uh, the way the algorithm works, the more uh, positive reviews you have, the more you'll get um, sort of spotlighted and like kind of pushed to the forefront when you're searching. To, yeah, exactly. Right, search. Easier to find.
0: So. so even if you don't have a, an Apple product, you can down. Uh, you can go on iTunes and create an account. Computer.
1: Even if you have a PC, you can download it.
0: Yeah, and just make a fake, not a fake account, but you make an account, and yeah. then you can leave a review that way. So, so Terence, um, I think I think we're done with this episode. I hope yeah. everybody enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, this is more of a fun one because. Oh yeah, for it's, sure. If you watch the show, you cannot help but laugh at points of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I love the riddler in this. Um, so, but we had fun. So next week, um, it's going to start turning. Boy, that that hush hush we Charlotte is, is quite a movie. So okay. be be ready for that one. So with that being said, I think uh, this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And, and cut.